0: Action Jackson.
1: Action Jackson.
0: Hey, welcome back to Together for Salem. Monica, Aaron, and welcome to our basement. We are here in South Salem on behalf of Cross Creek Community Church, who is a church for people who don't normally go to church.
1: A church in a basement, Mm -hmm. apparently.
0: Yes, well, right now, yes. JK, right
1: now we're in a basement. But we're so glad that you decided to join us. If you're new, fill out our welcome card. We'll send you a free e-gift card just to say thanks for checking us out. We're in part two. Of our Into the Unknown series, Maybe. cue the I music. I will not sing. We can't. We can't. But you can. Ready? Yes. Go. Frozen Two. Yeah. Okay. We're all doing it. Yeah, you can play. Uh, Yeah. If you, yeah, if you know what we're talking about, right. Frozen Two. Into the Unknown. Anyway, this series is not about Frozen Two, uh, but we are going to learn about a lady today, yes. which we're excited about. Did you say thanks to Gillian and Luke?
0: I didn't, but I really appreciate oh. them singing. Thanks, yeah. Gillian and Luke. Yeah. That was Gillian
1: and Luke on, on the top that. of our episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gillian and Luke are wonderful people, and Luke's our music director. So thanks for singing us that song, Oceans. Mm -hmm. Uh, We have a couple things to cover before we pass it over to John for part two of Into the Unknown. We just wanna tell you, welcome, we did that, check. We're doing a giveaway. So every week we do a giveaway on social media. And this week we are giving away a $25 gift card to Paddington's Pizza South Salem. Mm -hmm. So we did a drawing And it was random. It was. And the winner
0: is...
1: (laughs) Terry E! Terry E, congratulations. I swear it's random, but Terry E, you won our random giveaway. So we'll find a way to somehow get you that Paddington's gift card. We'll figure Uh, it out. Thank you to everyone who plugged in their best and worst toppings. Oh, this week? You're going to be disappointed because quite a few people put anchovies. For
0: best. Great. No, Moving on. It wasn't. What's this? Oh, for worst. <laughs>
1: yeah. Dang he it. loves anchovies. Anchovies belong on pizza. That's what you say. Fact. That's why it's your pizza. Nobody We'll touch it. It's very safe. Ask the Italians. Ah, <laughs> uh, This week's giveaway is not pizza. No. No. It's Love Love Teriyaki.
0: Yes. So I'm
1: looking forward to this giveaway because yes. I'm pretty sure John and Liz, it's like one of their favorite places it in is. Salem. Uh, they'll do the giveaway uh, post this week for social media. Keep an eye out for that. You can enter to win a Love Love Teriyaki gift card Mm. and you can get yourself a chicken bowl. Chicken teriyaki bowl. Gyoza, I'm gonna tell you. Whatever you want. Anyway, uh, if you're not from Salem, you can always uh, enter our giveaways and we'll just figure figure out a way to give you something from where you're at. Or you can drive here
0: and get Love Love because it's really good.
1: Sure, drive to Salem. Sure. We love um, supporting local businesses and supporting, we are for Salem. We love supporting Salem businesses. But now we're gonna give it over to John. Yeah. Yep. So John, Into the Unknown, part two, take away.
2: So life is unpredictable. It always has been. It always will be. But right now, it just feels incredibly unpredictable. We didn't know what was going to happen with school and they told us, but we still don't know how long that's going to last and, you know, government stuff, elections, who knows what's going to happen in the next few months. Uh, even vacations, maybe you planned a vacation early on thinking COVID would be over and here we are and you're maybe having to change plans or change how that vacation's going to go. And life just seems to be changing still so quickly. I think we finally, we caught a little breath and then things started changing again and just feels like. Everything is just out of control. Like the movies where you're in that uh, mine car and it's just go- you have no control over it, it's just going nuts. And I think a result of this whole pandemic, this whole uh, craziness out of control feeling is isolation. We just feel isolated. I mean, not to mention that we've been cut off from our normal social interactions. Uh, you know, work has changed. You go to the grocery store and everybody's wearing masks. You can't do your little polite smile to the stranger to let them know that you're okay. Um, And it feels like just everyone's trying to survive. Like, we all have what's going on inside of us, our own internal monologue going on, but we don't even have time to worry about other people. And so we just feel like we're in this. Yeah, we're around other people, but we're in it alone. Everyone's trying to survive. And we're, we're trying to do our best to steer this out of control mine cart, but it's not doing anything. Like it's not slowing down. We don't really have any control. And it feels like we're in this cart alone on our own. And we're just stuck in this isolated craziness. And when you think of the future like that, it can be kind of a a scary thing. In fact, it can be terrifying to face an unknown future alone. Terrifying to face an unknown future alone. And you've maybe experienced this if you've ever lost a job and you're just thinking, okay, what do I do now? Where what does this future look like? I'm I, I'm got myself to rely on. I got nothing else to to, to go back on. Um, maybe when you were younger, now breakups, right? You break up with somebody and you 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 pictured your future with them, and now that's gone and you're alone. You're facing this hazy future, all on your own. Uh, school changes when you were a, a freshman. You had no idea what life was going to be like. Or maybe you are going to be a freshman and you really right now don't know what life is going to be like. Or even when You know, when death visits your life and you face this future alone, it can be terrifying to face an unknown future alone. But it doesn't have to be that way. See, we can, there is a way to have confidence in the unknown. And that's what I want to look at in this episode. It's this main idea here. That confidence in the unknown comes from trusting that we are known. I know it rhymes and it's cute, but I'll explain it. But confidence in the unknown comes from trusting that we are known. And so what I want to look at is another story about uh, somebody who walked into the unknown with confidence. And this story actually takes place kind of in the story that we talked about in the last episode, the story of Abram or Abraham. You might know him better as Abraham. He's uh, the father of three of three of the most influential world religions. Islam, J- Judaism, and Christianity. He lived around 2000 BC. And what we saw last week was that um, God kind of just picked him out of nowhere. Ancient Middle East picks this guy and says, hey, you're my guy. And I want you to go to this unknown place. Don't worry where it is. I'll show you later. I want you to go to this unknown place and I'm going to bless you. I'm going to make you the father of a, of a great nation. Your offspring is going to be more than the sands in the sea. And through you, I'm going to bless the whole world. I'm going to bring my rescue plan of bringing humanity back to relationship with me, God, through your family. And so you're going to have these offspring. And Abraham Abram chose to trust God, chose to believe God, took that first step of what we call faith. And he went where God told him to go. And the story you can read, the story starts in Genesis 12, the first uh, book of the Bible. You can look at it if you want. But uh, he goes, and it's not a smooth trip. There's a whole bunch of drama. There's a whole bunch of danger. He messes things up like crazy. He has to do some hand-to-hand combat to rescue his nephew who gets captured by these these other guys. It's pretty intense. But 10 years, over 10 years after God said, Hey, I'm going to give you all these offspring and your name's going to be great and all that. Abram still had no kids. He's like, what is going on? You promised me offspring and I have no kids. I don't, what's, what's happening here? And so his wife, who we know is Sarah, but her original name is Sarai, gets an idea. She gets a horrible, terrible, no good, very bad idea. In fact, here's her idea. She says, hey, Abram, since you know I'm not able to give you kids, I have this slave girl named Hagar. We got her when we were hanging out in Egypt, and you know what? How about you just sleep with her and have kids through her, and then that kid will be your, your promised offspring. And, I mean, put yourself in this the slave girl's place. That's what we're going to focus on today, is Hagar, this Egyptian slave girl. A foreign slave, taken out of her homeland. Why? We don't know. Maybe, you know, her family was poor or whatnot. She has no control over her life whatsoever. Like her, her masters are saying, Hey, you know what? Why don't you just sleep? Don't, let's not even ask her opinion about it. Just sleep with her and have a kid. And that's totally fine because she's our property. We can do what we want. She had no control over her life. She had no control over her future. She didn't have control over her own body. Nobody asked her opinion. She had no voice. She's just treated as property. Now, if that offends you, good. That should offend you because that's horrible. But in the ancient world, it didn't offend anyone. See, a lot of times people will read uh, accounts like this in the biblical writings, like, well, see, the Bible condones slavery or or condones, um, you know, just taking slaves and sleeping with them and that type of thing. No, what it's doing, it's telling the story. The biblical writer is telling the story of what actually happened. It's a description of We have to say it's a description, not a prescription. This is what happened. It's not saying this is what happened and everyone should do this. No, in fact, you know what changed this thinking in the ancient world? That uh, women particularly had no rights and they were just property and that type of stuff? You know what changed that? What started that change? Jesus and the church. Jesus' view and the way he treated women started changing the ancient world's view of women. In fact, Jesus showed us that God cares for every individual, no matter their race, no matter their gender, and no matter their class. Jesus showed us that God cares for every individual. That's what changed all of this. So if you're offended by the premise of this story, that's because of what the culture you live in that has come out of a lot of influence from Jesus' teaching. So Abram, being the guy he is, goes along with his wife's plan, sleeps with Hagar, and she gets pregnant. Well, Sarai couldn't have kids. And now Hagar is the one carrying this pro- so-called promised baby. She starts getting an attitude towards Sar- Sarai. Well, Sarai is having none of it. And so here's, here's what happens. This is a very dysfunctional family, by the way. It shows God can use anybody. So this this is the uh, biblical writings. It says. Then Sarai said to Abram, this is all your fault. It was her idea in the first place. Let's move on. This is all your fault. I put my servant into your arms. But now that she's pregnant, she treats me with contempt. The Lord will show who's wrong. You or me, they're both wrong. Abram replied, look, she's your servant. So deal with her as you see fit. See, in this, you can go back and read it, but in this account, we have, we've heard nothing from Hagar. There's no voice of Hagar in this at all. She has no choice, like I said. Everything that's happening to her is being forced on her. She's in a situation she didn't choose. She's in this uh, unknown future where she has absolutely no control. Does that sound or feel familiar in any way for you? No one saw her. No one heard her. No one even cared to ask her what she thought about it. She is completely Alone in this. Absolutely no control over her future. And just like how 2020's been, things get worse. Story goes on. Then Sarai treated Hagar so harshly that she finally ran away. It was so bad, so cruel, that Hagar, pregnant in the ancient Middle East, runs away. There's no women's shelter for her to go to. There's no family for her to run to. There's no hospital for her to say, hey, I'm I'm pregnant, I'm having a baby, I need help. She is on her own. No one seemed to care whether she lived or died. They're like, yeah, just do with her what you want. Completely alone, facing an entirely unknown future. Or so she thought, because the story goes on. The angel of the Lord. And now I'm going to stop right there. Because maybe some of you watching are like, angels, great, here we go, some crazy mythology. That's okay. The biblical writings assume that angels exist. And I personally believe angels exist. Why? Because it makes me feel good and I like, you know, fat, naked babies flying around. No. Because Jesus said there were angels. Jesus believed there were angels. And so, you know what? If somebody's going to predict their death and resurrection and then pull it off, I'm going to believe them about the stuff I'm not sure about. So Jesus said there are angels. I believe there are angels. And so here's here's kind of the story. If you don't believe there's angels, that's okay. You can still see the story as showing God's heart. The angel of the Lord found Hagar beside a spring of water in the wilderness along the road to Shur. The angel said to her, Hagar, <clears throat> Sarai's servant, where have you come from and where are you going? I'm running away from my mistress Sarai, she replied. Now, interesting little theology thing for you here. And it says the angel of the Lord. Often in the uh, Jewish writings, it says angel of the Lord. That character, whoever that is, often speaks in the first person as God. Often speaks as if that angel is God. So a lot of scholars believe that that is actually a pre-incarnate Jesus. Jesus existed from the beginning of eternity And so we see the angel of the Lord as an appearance of pre-baby Jesus. So often speaks of God in the first person. But here's what we see in this. This slave girl with no voice, no, no protection, no nothing. Here's what we see. God's love and care is often most clearly seen when we are alone and facing the unknown. God's love and care is often most clearly seen when we are alone and facing the unknown. See, God always is showing us his love, always showing us his care. Maybe not the way that we, you know, ask him to, the way we think we want him to, but he's always showing us his love and care. But we're usually more willing to see it. We're usually more more open to searching for answers when we feel alone and facing the unknown. And that's where Hagar is right now. But it goes on. The angel of the Lord said to her, return to your mistress and submit to her authority. What? That's dumb. Like if you look at it on the, on the face of things, hey, you know what? Your life was horrible. You were a slave. You were mistreated completely, like forced to do this thing and bit, get pregnant. No choice of your own. Why don't you just go back? Be a good little girl and go back. Isn't that what it seems like? Like you should be offended by that unless we dig a little bit deeper. How is that showing? I mean, think about how's that showing God's love and care? Why not like just get her out of the situation entirely? Send her to Egypt where she's from, maybe to her family. Well, maybe, possibly, think about it. If she does go back for the time being, she has, she's under the protection of Abraham. She's pregnant with his kid so she has protection she has a whole there's a whole caravan a whole tribe right there he had a bunch of servants and that type of thing and then his nephew and his nephews family to help her give birth to this son everyone there knew that this 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 baby was Abraham's child therefore he had a right to Abraham's wealth and Abraham's protection and privilege and all of that so his his care and his resources so the angel of the lord or jesus or god is saying Go back for now so that you can be taken care of. That's my opinion. And here's the thing. That would be hard for her, wouldn't it? That's why she ran away in the first place. She doesn't want to go back. Trust often requires us to take a difficult step that doesn't make sense. This doesn't make sense to Hagar. She wanted to run away. That's why she was out there. But trust often requires us to take a difficult step that doesn't make sense. But then we trust and we take that step and when the unknown future becomes our visible reality we see god's care has always been with us and so the angel keeps talking then he added i will give you more descendants than you can count see again he's talking in the first person as god i will give you more descendants than you can count go back don't worry i will give you more descendants than you can count Saying, don't worry, if you go back, this baby of yours will survive. It'll be okay. He will be a great person. And you will no longer be an unknown slave girl. Because you trusted, you will be the matriarch of a great nation. You will be a revered person throughout all of history. And the angel also said, you are now pregnant and will give birth to a son. You are to name him Ishmael. Which means God hears. For the Lord has heard your cry of distress. So put yourself in Hagar's sandals. No one had ever asked her opinion. No one had ever listened to her. She was simply just this property that use how you want for your own purposes. And then when she gets a little uncomfortable, throw throw her out into the wilderness. And now God The God who created the universe, the God who created all the stars, who holds everything together, is telling her that this, that you, Hagar, have my undivided attention. I came here specifically for you. He's telling her that he has heard her. In fact, name your son after this fact that you have been heard by the God of the universe. And here's the thing. The future is unknown. But we are completely known by the God who controls the future. The future is unknown. We don't know what's going to happen. But we are completely known by the God who controls the future. And so the angel of the Lord tells Hagar that Ishmael is going to be a great man. In fact, he's going to be a a great fighter, which might even kind of have an allusion to like payback to these masters that have mistreated her a little bit. And the tradition is that the Arabs are descended from Ishmael. If you look back on the history of that region and and the people that have grown in that region, very um, great civilizations, great discoveries, great culture, great art, proud, brave, fierce warriors. And God promised that all the way back at the very beginning. And it goes on. The story goes on. Thereafter... Hagar used another name to refer to the Lord, and by Lord meaning uh, Yahweh, the, the God of Abraham. Thereafter, Hagar used another name for the Lord who had spoken to her, again, giving the angel of the Lord the personification of God himself. She said, you are the God who sees me. She also said, have I truly seen the one who sees me? Saying she's seen God, the angel of the Lord is God? Who is that? The God who sees me. That is her name, her personal name for God. The God who sees me. See, God has always been personal. Even from the very beginning. He's not a distant force. He's not an uninterested deity who kind of got things spinning and said, Okay, have fun, guys. Figure it out. He's always been personal. He's always cared about each individual and when we trust that God sees us, we have confidence facing a future we can't see. When we trust that God sees us, we have confidence facing a future we can't see. And trust, we talked about it last episode, it's a choice. right? The, the religious word is, is faith, but it's a choice. It's not just something that happens to you. Not just something you, you hope you feel someday. It's a choice to trust. Do I trust what he says? Do I trust that he sees me? Maybe you've once said in your life, right? All this Jesus stuff, that sounds really good. And I'd, I'd love to believe that, but I just can't believe. Like, I just I just can't. I don't know. I wish it would happen to me, but I just can't. Honestly, you're choosing not to because it is a choice. Maybe ask, Jesus, help me make that choice to trust you. But the story's not done yet. It gets a little bit better. So Hagar gave Abram, she goes back. And so Hagar gave Abram a son. And Abram named him Ishmael. How did Abram know to name him Ishmael? Because Hagar told him. And he listened. He actually believed her story about the God who saw her. In the face of the unknown, Hagar trusted that she was known. And it gave her confidence, knowing that she was known by the God who sees her. God actually gave this voiceless, powerless slave girl a voice. Gave her her, uh, esteem and privilege in this family. Abram listened to her and he named the child Ishmael like the angel told her to. And it gets better. God kept his promises to her. See, the rest of the story is this, that the baby Ishmael was born and raised in Abraham's household. And then that he actually doesn't become the promised one. The promised one is Sarai and Abram, Sarah and Abraham's son, Isaac. And when Isaac's born, Hagar and Ishmael are forced to leave again. And they're on the verge of death. But again, the angel of the Lord shows up to them and gives them water and, and saves them and, the, and says, don't worry, I've heard the cries of your child. He's going to be great. It's, everything's going to be good. You're taken care of. And the boy grows and becomes strong. And he actually does become the patriarch of a nation of people. God kept his promises to Hagar because he saw her and he heard her. And no matter, for for all of us, no matter what it might seem like right now, whether you feel emotionally or, or mentally or spiritually alone, or whether you're actually physically alone in your life right now, I need you to listen to this. Tune back in. This is the point of this whole thing. You are not alone. You are seen. You are heard. And you are known. Even if you wonder if God exists. Even if you feel like, Oh, I don't really know much about God for him to listen to me. I don't know anything about him. He is so near that you only have to whisper in your heart. And he hears you. And he is ready to give you peace. And he's ready to give you confidence in the unknown when you are ready to trust him. Think about it. What would it be like to be known by this kind of God? I have a question for you. How would your life be different if you knew that God knew you? If there's a God the type of God that Jesus showed us that there is or said there was, if that God exists, what would it be like to be known by that type of God? What would it be like for you to know that he knew you? That's what Jesus offered. In fact, he He said this. This is one of my, one of my favorite things Jesus said. He says, what is the price of five sparrows? Two copper coins? You know, they had all these sparrows around, and they tried to buy them for sacrifice and that type of stuff. Two copper coins, like two pennies, Yet God does not forget a single one of them. God cares about these little sparrows. And the very hairs on your head are all numbered. For some of you, the number is less than others. So don't be afraid. You are more valuable to God than a whole flock of sparrows. You are valuable to God. If you're a Jesus follower, what do we have to be worried about? See, this is what you have. He's not just near you. The Spirit of God, if you are a Jesus follower, you've trusted him with your eternity, with your life. The Spirit of God is living inside of you. He's not just close. He is inside of you, living inside of you. And yes, this is a hard time. But you know what? Life has always been hard. See, as empires crumbled around them, as everything they knew fell apart, as as they faced certain death, Jesus followers for the last 2,000 years have had peace and confidence in the unknown. Why? Because they chose to trust the God that knew them and they changed the world. See, when you're not afraid of anything, when you have confidence in the unknown, you're not even afraid of death, you're not afraid of much. and There's really nothing that can stop you think about if God truly knows you what is there to keep you from confidently walking into the unknown when you know that you are known you have confidence in the unknown when you know you are known by God you can have confidence in the unknown and so I have an invitation for everyone Jesus follower or not for this week maybe once a day it shouldn't take long once a day, read what Jesus says in Luke 12, 22 through 34. Go to the, the eyewitness account or the, the historical account of Jesus's life in Luke. Go to the big number 12, the little number 22, and read till 34, where Jesus talks about why we don't have to be worried and what it's like because God knows us. Now think about it. What if you didn't fear the unknown? What if you didn't even fear death? What if you knew beyond a shadow of a doubt that every concern, every worry, every need was known by the God who loves you and cares for you? How would your life be different? How would maybe your, your family change if you knew that beyond a shadow of a doubt? Cause here's the thing, fear of the unknown is erased by the confidence of being known. Fear of the unknown is erased by the confidence, of being known. You are known, you are heard, you are seen, and you can trust him.
0: Welcome back, thank you John for that message. It's good to know that fear of the unknown is erased by actually being known. Yeah. Yep. Very encouraging message. Very.
1: All right, so just a couple of things before we say goodbye to you. Uh, today, tonight, wherever, whenever you're watching this, right. hopefully you're staying cool. It's like 100 degrees this weekend. Stay Salem. cool, people. Stay cool. Uh, <laughs> there's kids content always updated weekly on our website, um, at this website, slash kids. You can find kids videos for any age, age one, two, whatever. Yep. Um. So that's there, check that out if you haven't. If you haven't liked and subscribed, or subscribed to our YouTube, channel, go ahead and do that, then you can be notified of upcoming videos we post them. Super handy. Yep. And pay it forward. Yes. So if you want to keep a good thing going, you can donate some money to Cross Creek. We are a non-profit here in town, it's a great way um, to help us continue to buy gift cards for people as they win these giveaways, support some local businesses. We also support missions organizations um, in Oregon and also around the world. So your money also goes to other organizations and it just helps pay the bills, uh, pay the staff and all that jazz. Mm -hmm. So head to this website and all the equipment. Yeah. Yeah. And any future plans we might have. Yeah, that's true. Because eventually things are gonna open back up again and we're really excited about that and we're dreaming big. Check out those show notes. And then last thing, questions. The questions are coming up. The Preguntas, here they come. Las Preguntas,
0: you can discuss them with a partner or just think about it yourself. Have a good week. That's it. (laughs)